Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 115 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined, as always, in studio by my co-host, uh, the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Uh, Rick, how are you today? I'm I'm in a good mood today. We've yeah. uh, we've got lots of hockey to talk about. We have a, a pending deal to talk about. Uh, we're a, we're less than a week away from Christmas and and yeah. Uh, yeah, some Christmas uh, some winter weather and uh, um, you know we've got a vaccine um, coming out. I mean things are are looking up. You you got all your Christmas shopping done. I do. I do have all my Christmas shopping done. And, nice. and and we were discussing that this has been a year where that's become even more of a process uh, in 2020 <laughs> yeah, in, a, in a pandemic world, waiting on deliveries and not having, you know, a lot of opportunities to be out of the house and into a store uh, and, and wanting to limit the amount of times you're doing that. Uh, it's made it a little bit more of a, of a journey to try to find some Christmas uh, gifts this year. Uh, but I have completed uh, my Christmas shopping, uh, which is good because, as you said, and it's crazy to me that it's the 90 that next week. In less than a week, it'll be Christmas and it'll be Boxing Day a week from now. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy that time has, has gone by this quickly. Yeah, I've um, I've I've ordered things for for Christmas, but um, boy, the delivery has been yeah been slow. The nice thing, I have a built-in cushion. I don't know if you know this, uh, but being Ukrainian, um, we can also celebrate Ukrainian Orthodox Christmas, which doesn't ah. happen until until uh, January 7th. So, you know, if stuff comes late, I can say, well, you know, I'm, I'm planning it's... for, for Ukrainian Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing to have. Yeah, that's, yeah. A pl- that's a fantastic thing to have. It'd be great as well to be, you know, born after you have a Christmas, uh, have a birthday around Christmas. You could use that as a cushion as well if you have that without having to be Ukrainian. But it's even better to have have that sort of as a safety net. Uh, <laughs> but Rick, you uh, you were saying that we do have a lot to get to this week. We do. And we, yeah, we certainly do. And there's a lot of news items that we want to get to. First, we should tee up what we're going to be discussing in our big topic segment. We are going to be having our friend and colleague join us, Mike Raschel. And mm-hmm. he's going to be here to discuss the World Junior Hockey Championships because it is the most wonderful time of the year and yeah the world juniors it doesn't get any better you know listen the holiday season is great 
Give me some World Juniors on top of that. That makes the holiday season <laughs> even better because you you just want to have, and especially this year, where things haven't been haven't been normal, and to have something like the World Juniors around Christmas time, around the holiday season, it's just it's it's cleansing in a way to it to is. be able to have that type of normalcy. Um, we're going to be getting to some news items that uh, that might be hanging over the world juniors in just a little bit but before we get there rick last week we started the show with mike hoffman and him still being out there on the open market the florida panthers were the last team that he played for this week the florida panthers signed anthony duclair to a one-year 1.7 million dollar deal and of course anthony duclair coming off a career year with the ottawa senators He's bounced around a little bit, looking for some stability, and he thought that maybe out of that career year he would cash in a little bit more than he did. Uh, but we know, flat cap world, there's ramifications for that, and a guy like Anthony Duclair didn't get the payday that he might have envisioned. But he's going to the Florida Panthers and has an opportunity now to bet on himself and and try to get a bigger contract after this year. For sure. And Anthony Duclair is streaky. He's temperamental. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when he's on, he's on and, and mm-hmm. had a great season last year. Uh, and, um, you know, if if he uh, repeats that again this year, that's a 1.7 million is a bargain for the, the Florida yeah. Panthers. And we've talked about them before as uh, Bill Zito is doing a lot of good things there. So um, you you've mentioned this before. Watch out for the Florida Panthers. Yep. Yeah, and they've done, yeah, some quiet things. Alexander Wenberg was a guy that we both liked. He went from Columbus to Florida, so there's a lot of things that Florida's been doing. And, of course, there's just natural progression with all their young talent and Sergei Bobrovsky as well. If he can bounce back, uh, be a little bit more reliable, then, then boy, oh, boy, you've got a team there. But, Rick, it's just to say that we are, and we're going to be touching on in a little bit, we're just around the corner from a start of an NHL season. And there are some big names that remain unsigned without a team. you got the likes of Mike Hoffman. You have Eric Howler. You have Sammy Vatnin. Of course, Ilya Kovalchuk might be a name that Montreal Canadiens fans remember fondly. And Zidane Chara, as I said last week, still out there. But uh, Granlund as well. There are some names out there. And does the fact that Anthony Duclair just signed for $1.7 million, we were discussing Mike Hoffman last week. If it's just a touch more than $1.7 million, I understand that there's obviously Mike Hoffman, a guy that's done it more consistently than Anthony Duclair, might warrant a little bit more than just a touch more than $1.7 million. But if he's looking for a good fit, I mean, you, I think that it's even more worth it to look at it if you're the Montreal Canadiens, just for the power play alone. <laughs> for sure. Now they would have to make some, uh, yeah. some adjustments uh, with respect to the salary cap. Um, but uh, I heard from uh, our good friend Dino this week, and, and he said even the the controversy surrounding Mike Hoffman in, in Ottawa was a bit overplayed, that he, he's a good guy who can contribute, yeah. and, and why not consider him? Um, I, I don't know if, if Mark Bergevin is, is willing to do that or disrupt the chemistry he thinks that he has now, but uh, somebody's going to get uh, some bargains when you see that list. Um, yeah. Uh, for Canadians fans, I keep hearing, well, I get texts, I get emails, I get uh, uh, reach, people reaching out on uh, social media saying, when is Mark Bergevin going to uh, sign Ilya Kovalchuk? And yeah. and listen, um, Ilya Kovalchuk, to his full credit, charmed the pants off of Canadians fans uh, last year. Uh, it's, it's, it's 
it, it's a crush more than it, you know, it's, it's hard overhead kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, Mark Bergevin, give him credit for the signings that he has not made. And, uh, and, uh, one of them would be, would be Kovalchuk, um, who I think wouldn't, wouldn't have a place, uh, on this team. And, and really, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk has not had any takers so far as he still sits on the UFO watch list. Um, and word is that he's set to uh, sign with Avangard uh, in the yeah. KHL. Uh, that team, of course, coached by Bob Hartley, and and it looks like he'll be heading uh, back to the KHL for the coming year. Yeah, and and look, it was an infatuation with Ilya Kovalchuk in a period of time where there wasn't a lot to love about the Montreal Canadiens. Right. So that's something that, and I understand why they they that Montreal Canadiens fans want that again because Ilya Kovalchuk is a name. At this point in time, he's he's a name more than he is an NHL player, but he's a name that people recognize and love, um, and especially Montreal after that uh, magical little run it is magical, but very short and uh, not not entirely uh, <laughs> perhaps not entirely accurate uh, for what Ilya Kovalchuk actually is. Uh, but Rick, we'll move on to some uh, really unfortunate news uh, surrounding Henrik Lundqvist. And, and this week, uh, he released a statement, and it was also accompanied by a video on the Washington Capitals Twitter account, if you want to go seek that out. But Henrik Lundqvist, with a, with a statement here, and a quote, I will not be joining the Capitals this upcoming season. After many weeks of tests and conversations with specialists around the country, it's been determined that a heart condition will prevent me from taking to the ice. Together, we have decided that the risk of playing before remedying my condition is too high. So I will spend the coming months figuring out the best course of action. Um, So it's just, it was really tough news to see that come out the other day. And obviously at the point in time for Henrik Lundqvist, you know, you don't know if this might be the last that you've seen. And he sounds like he's, he's, you know, he wants to get back. If that is, there's an avenue for him to do that. Um, but they need to remedy the condition, um, from what it sounds like. So it's, it's unfortunate to see if this is a case of a guy having his, having the term sort of taken away from him, not being able to end it on, on his own terms. It it was, uh, watch the video is a tough video to watch. It was emotional and, uh, obviously it's a a serious, uh, issue, uh, unspecified heart condition, um, which appears that it could be career threatening for him. Um, you know, and I, I, what struck me was the fact he'll all be always be known as a ranger, but how quickly he's connected to uh, to to the Washington Capitals, to uh, his his teammates, even through the pandemic, and to Capitals fans. Um, and uh, he was very appreciative of the opportunity uh, that he was given, the one year opportunity. Uh, but now he won't be able to uh, uh, follow up on that, and uh, and it's 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 tough. It's really tough to yeah. see by one of the greats uh, currently uh, in the NHL. Yeah, and and of course, I mean, you want to wish him all the best here, but yeah, it's uh, it, and I was I was strangely I was looking forward to seeing him in a Capitals jersey just because I mean you've seen him so long in that Rangers blue to see him in anything else would be would be strange, but you'd also really want to see it. So hopefully this is not the end for Henrik Lundqvist. He gets back out there and can close it on on his own terms. Um, but Rick, we'll, we'll move on, um, and and we have some news surrounding former Montreal Canadiens captain Max Pacioretty, who has been the subject of trade rumors emanating out of Vegas, uh, and you know Max Pacioretty, 
uh, as he said, uh, he played in Montreal. So rumors are they're not they're not strange for him. He knows how to handle some rumors, and he uh, he said that the ones that are coming out of Las Vegas lightweight stuff compared <laughs> to Montreal. <laughs> I, I I love Max's comments here, and and listen, uh, he was he unfortunately uh, fans sort of turned on him when the organization turned on him, but yeah. he has to be respected uh, for what he's provided to uh, the Canadians for what he did as a captain. Uh, for what he did off the ice um, uh, for the community. And um, I, I thought it was was fun, uh, him saying that, uh, quote, I played in Montreal for 10 years, so this is lightweight stuff. I've heard a lot worse. This is nothing, end quote. And, and that, that's just, that says it all about Montreal, Montreal media being in yeah. the... In the, under the microscope in Montreal, and and uh, listen, there was all kinds of uh, of rumors about uh, Max Pacioretty being used to to solve the the Vegas Golden Knights um, cap issues. Uh, but last week, uh, team owner Bill Foley came out and said, uh, "No, we're not shopping uh, Max." Um, Pacioretty had a career year uh, last year, led the team in in goals and points. So. Um, 32 goals in a in a shortened, uh, a pandemic shortened season. So, um, according to the owner, he's not going anywhere, and this seems all uh, a bit amusing for uh, a former Canadians <laughs> captain Max Pacioretty. Yeah, it's uh, he's like being in the eye of a hurricane, being in Montreal. <laughs> so, I think this is a little bit more of a, a relaxed experience, even though his name still being out there, I can't imagine is is comforting. Uh, it's still probably uh, yeah pales in comparison to some of the stuff. Uh, for Max Pacioretty that he's seen uh, to this point in his career. Uh, Rick, we'll move on to a Canadian's prospect report, um, and we'll start with Jordan Harris, who was named the Hockey East Player of the Week. He was. Um, you know, Canadians uh, now have uh, an abundance of, of defensemen in, yep. in the pipeline, <laughs> and we hear an awful lot about... Uh, Alexander Romanoff, of course, uh, just waiting to make his NHL debut, uh, debut. We hear a lot about Matthias Norlander, yeah. uh, and and a lot's been written about Caden Gooley, who will be participating in in the the World Junior Championship. Um, but Jordan Harris um, is is a, a player with North in in the NCAA with Northeastern, and uh, he's he's been quietly. Um, uh, making an impact, and uh, we heard Frankie Bouillon say he's certainly the uh, the best player on his team. Um, he was a, a third round pick in 2018, now 20 years old, uh, and as you said, uh, named uh, the um, uh, player of the week for Hockey East uh, last week. So, um, congratulations to Jordan Harris. And it's nice to highlight uh, other uh, maybe unfamiliar names to our audience to. Uh, start checking out some clips of of this guy because um, he's uh, he's impressive uh, already and uh, and maybe not as far as people think away from uh, a pro career. Yeah, and if you're gonna follow Jordan Harris at Northeastern, you should. Yeah, I mean, Jane Struble's there as well, and That's he's right. another one that people you know. And there's That's a right. lot of left shot defensive prospects for the Montreal Canadiens. You forget you're, you'd be forgiven to forget about some of them every now and then, because yeah, every week we come here we talk about Alexander Romanoff and Matthias Norlander. There's a lot of guys that the Montreal Canadiens have, and on that left side in particular. Uh, so yeah, definitely a couple to watch there. 
Uh, Rick, a name that we haven't heard in quite some time, uh, Yoni Ikenen. Uh He's been skating and could return soon. We met uh, Yoni Ikenen a couple years ago at the World Juniors and and uh, couldn't be a, a nicer guy. And um, But I, I don't know that I've seen a, a player who enjoys being on the ice more than him. They had to drag him off <laughs> from practice. From he, he just loved being out there. Um, but unfortunately, injuries have slowed his development, and uh, for the better part of two years, he's he's been injured. Uh, then started the season uh, in the in October, and um, and uh, experienced an undisclosed injury. Uh, so now word is um, that uh, he's been skating on his own, and uh, he's he's um, I, I mean he's he's experienced knees. Problems. He's had surgery, um, but anyway, he's 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 now whatever this injury was that kept him off the ice for the last couple of months. He's um, he's he's been skating, and and he's quoted as saying, "I've been back on the ice now for a while, um, and over the next couple of weeks, I'll be able to uh, play with full contact." Um, so that's that's good news, and you hate to see. Uh, injuries uh, disrupt a career and as you said he's kind of been off the radar because of those injuries so it's nice to have him uh, back in the news again and and um, hopefully he's uh, uh, able to come back uh, very very soon absolutely you wish him all the best going forward and then wish him some good health because that's been hard to come by uh, yeah. for Ekanen. Um so Rick we'll, we'll wrap this up with uh, Alexander Gordine who was the Canadian sixth round pick at the most recent 2020 NHL entry draft. Uh, he had a three point night yesterday. He did. Um, this past draft, 171st overall. And uh, when when uh, Trevor Timmons talked about him, they talked about him as as being a sniper. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this year he's playing in the MHL, which is the equivalent of the AHL uh, in in the Russian leagues. You know, there's the VHL, the junior ranks, the MHL, and then moving up to the KHL. So in the MHL, in 25 games this season, he has uh, 23 points. Uh, 13 of them goals, um, and and uh, yeah, it, it seems uh, that it's bearing out uh, Trevor Timmons word that he's a bit of a sniper, uh, and uh, he, he's he- off to a, a great start uh, for his uh, his pro career, and uh, as you said, uh, uh, contributed, had the assist on the the winning goal in uh, in last night's game, so uh, he's off to a great great start this year. Yeah, so a couple, uh, three names to watch there for the for Montreal Canadiens fans uh, with this Canadiens prospect report. We'll shift gears a little bit uh, to a World Junior Hockey Championship report, and as I said, uh, off the top of the show in the second in the second segment, we're going to be talking with our friend Mike Rashel, our friend and colleague. We'll be getting into the World Juniors on a on a larger scale, but we'll begin with a little bit of news and notes. So the Montreal Canadiens entering this tournament, they have three prospects for the twenty twenty. 21 tournament you've got Caden Gooley for Team Canada Cole Caulfield for the United States and Jan Mishak for the Czech Republic so you know there's been years where the Canadians have had a lot of uh, a lot of prospects playing at the tournament but this might be the the sort of embodiment of uh, quality over quantity because you have three names that Canadians fans very very excited about well, we're getting excited here in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put a, there's a bit of B-roll from yesterday's Team Canada practice. We'll just play that in the background. Yeah. Because, 
uh, the arena sounds as uh, uh, wow. for the team Canada practice. But um, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, you just get that that feeling. As yeah. you said, the most wonderful time <laughs> in the year. Um, the the. The Canadians, um, with with three prospects uh, at the tournament this year, um, Los Angeles leads the way for the second year in a row with nine. Um, and as you say, there's been there's been years where the Canadians have had more prospects and 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 fewer prospects. Uh, I think it's 2016 when the, where they had zero prospects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's kind of the situation that St. Louis is in this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I th- I think that Canadians fans are going to have plenty to keep an eye on uh, at this tournament. Um, you know, Caden Gooley may may have been with as strong as the the uh, Canadians uh, blue line is. Team Canada's blue line is. Caden uh, Gooley might have been c- considered a long shot, but he had a yeah. very impressive camp. Um, and uh, head coach Andre Tarigny was was really. Uh, impressed, said uh, Gooley. He's a guy who will play on the penalty kill, who is able to play against opposing top lines. Uh, where will we use him, second or third pair? It will depend on his performance and that of the others. Caden had a great camp. He was really, really good. He's ready and determined. He's focused. He skated well. He hit. And he was very, very, very solid during camp. That's pretty high praise from uh, yeah. the Team Canada head coach on Caden Gooley. And I mean, keep in mind, this is somebody, Andre Turgney, who also compared Caden Gooley to Mark Edward Vlasic to Colton Pareko. I mean, those are pretty, those are pretty nice comparisons to be making uh, for Caden Gooley. And yeah, it'll be a great opportunity for Canadians fans to watch Gooley uh, perform at this tournament. You got Cole Caulfield, as we said, for the United States. And, and we've discussed this in recent weeks, looking to bounce back after a little bit of a rough tournament last year. And Jan Mishak, I think uh, this is going to be a fantastic opportunity because, you know, there's Canadians fans follow the CHL that, that are familiar with Caden Gooley. This will be a nice opportunity to see Jan Mishak against the best uh, that, the, that the world has to offer at his age group. So uh, three guys that uh, you've got to be very excited about seeing if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. And, um, and yeah. you know, uh, we're, we're, we're hockey fans, too. So yeah. we're going to be watching other teams because it's for some, it's going to be the first chance to see uh, some of the prospects that were, were so highly drafted, uh, highly respected and drafted at, at last year's uh, na- um, entry, NHL entry draft. Marco Rossi and, and Tim Stutzla and uh, Askarov with Russia. And, yeah. Uh, Alexander Holt and and Lucas Raymond and those are those are names that we want to see them, as we as we'll uh, talk with uh, Mike Rashel about. It's a best on best tournament, so we want to see how Team Canada, how a Caden Gooley, how a Cole Caulfield stacks up best on best against some of these uh, other top ranked prospects. Absolutely, and and for Team Canada, uh, they they named their captain and the alternate captains this week as well, and it was a guy that was. Highly regarded, highly drafted a couple years ago, Kirby Doc, who was named the captain. And then you have Dylan Cousins and Bowen Byram as the alternates uh, for Kirby Doc. But uh, yeah, a great leadership core there for Team Canada. Um, yeah, it's there's not much else that can be said. Uh, Kirby Doc is somebody that performed for Chicago and, and now he's the captain at the World Juniors. It makes enough sense. Well, Doc had uh, eight goals, 23 points, and 64 games uh, with the Blackhawks. Anytime you've got a prospect going to uh, the World Juniors who's had a year of NHL 
under their belt, uh, you you reward them with a, yeah. a letter. So uh, <laughs> that's not a surprise at all. And and uh, we've seen in the uh, scrimmage games, uh, Doc's playing with with Cousins and with Jack Quinn. Uh, that looks to be the top line, a strong line uh, that's yeah. going to do some some damage as, as well. Um, you mentioned uh, Bowen Byram. Um, you know he he was strong with uh, the Vancouver Giants and and a Colorado Avalanche pick um, Cousins uh, with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. So there's there's a pretty strong leadership group group there, and uh, Team Canada should be in good hands. And yeah, we've been talking about, and we're going to talk about it with Mike in the second segment. We this is such a deep team, so there's a lot there's a lot to look forward to with with Team Canada. But the one thing that needs to be said is, unfortunately, like everything else in 2020, there's a bit of a dark cloud that is overcasted over this tournament, uh, and it's in the form of 10 positive COVID taste, uh, cases uh, on Friday, eight from Team Germany, a couple from Sweden, and it's it's. Um, unfortunate that this is this has happened but we we've known that this has been the case sweden uh, their coach thomas monton he was he tested positive uh, back in sweden i mean they've been absolutely um you know um unfortunately it's been uh, a decimation of sorts with with this uh, and you you hope that things can go off without a hitch but it's there's a little bit that's hanging over the tournament as, as a whole yeah this is this is uh this is really tough um the um, you, team Sweden, as you said, has been really hard hit. Um, uh, even even their 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 team manager Jonas Fransson, yeah. um, they they forgot something at the airport, so he left the quarantine to go to the airport. And the IAHF said, uh, you know, while you're while you're there, you might as well uh, get on a plane back to Sweden because you just broke COVID rules. Um, and it's that kind of thing that yeah. you know it it was an innocent mistake, but. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's costs, uh, team Sweden. Um, they had coaches that they were trying to bring in province to province that was, wasn't allowed. Uh, and then the news yesterday that, uh, 10 additional positive tests, uh, two with, uh, Swedish coaches, eight German players. And of course, uh, Canada plays Canada. Their first game on boxing day is supposed to be against, uh, Germany. Um, so that, that's uh, that's really tough. The other thing that yeah. I think is is difficult um, is that uh, there was three flights that came over from Europe, um, charter flights, um, but teams shared the flights. So the Germans uh, shared a charter flight with Switzerland. So now what happens to Switzerland? Um, and and the Switzerland watch is on. Uh, Sweden was on the same plane as Finland and Russia. So. Um, this is, uh, this is, this is, uh, all uncharted territory, especially yeah. for, uh, for this tournament. Um, and we're going to have to keep a watch. The, th- the other thing that I'll just mention and kind of raises my eyebrows is, uh, the IAHF folks have said, um, they've, they've reduced the quarantine periods, uh, to fewer uh, days. And, uh, they said that anyone who, uh, had tested uh, positive with COVID uh, prior is now immune and uh, could go about their business uh, without restrictions. And um, I know a number of experts have said, wait a minute. Um, yeah. 
there 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 are documented cases of of reinfection of of people getting mm-hmm. uh you know the science is 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 not in on that all of that so um this is going to be something that's going to be um closely watched and and unfortunately may have uh an impact on the performance of teams at the tournament yeah and and a lot's going to have to go right to make this feel uh, like a normal tournament, and you hope that it does, but we're still going to have to wait and see on, on all of these different things. But, uh, Rick, uh, we'll move on, and we're going to, as I said, in, in segment two, we'll be getting into the World Juniors in greater detail with our friend and colleague Mike Raschel, but we'll move on for now, and that will be um, to a story that is uh, a little bit troubling and a little bit unfortunate, and uh, comes after a week where last week we were discussing the value of a Wayne Gretzky rookie card and then this story came out, and this was the first that I'd seen of this, but this was apparently a months-long investigation into this, and arrests have been made in a theft of Wayne Gretzky memorabilia from the house of Walter Gretzky, Canada's favorite dad, Walter Gretzky. Who would do that? That is, that's just disgusting, um, and, 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 and it's a very unfortunate and sad story. Um, and, and, and Rick, can you get into the specifics of what exactly has happened here? Well, I feel like you, I'm completely disgusted and yes, yeah. Walter Gretzky is Canada's hockey dad. Yeah. That's, that's who, that's <laughs> who he is. Yep. Um, and now in, uh, advanced years and, and we know that, that Walter, uh, suffers from Parkinson's, mm-hmm. um, there's been, um, two p- people in his close circle that have taken advantage uh, of that and have removed an estimated uh, $500,000 worth of, of uh, Gretzky mem- memorabilia from the family home, the Gretzky family home in Brantford. Um, these people, uh, it was one was a family friend, uh, another was a senior OPP officer, a commander, um, who used to escort Walter uh, to events, uh, was his protection officer. And here we have um, people in positions of trust that have yeah. abused their their positions, and it, it just my blood boils when I read this. You know, uh, anyone who's who who's in a position uh, of trust and abuses that, um, you know, especially when you're a police officer. Uh, yeah. We've seen it with the military and bullies, and and their their role is to protect the vulnerable, not yeah. to take advantage of them. And and this is is just uh, really disturbing. This whole story, very very disheartening. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's good to see that arrests have been made in that, right. but still not 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 a story that you want to be talking about. Um, it's really unfortunate. Um, Rick, we'll we'll move on, and uh, we will say that they said what is going to take a break for this week. We'll bring it back next week because, well, we just have so much to get to with the NHL and NHLPA. Because late last night, the uh, the reports that came out that they had reached an agreement, a tentative agreement, on a fifty six game season starting January thirteenth. That was the date that we were discussing last week. So they've come to the agreement with a tentative agreement um, about returning to play. And that's a great thing uh, because there was a lot of uncertainty. We were waiting on this to come out. And fortunately enough, here it is. Well, this is a big deal. And and we yeah. saw a bit of a, we rode the, the roller coaster all week of, <laughs> of stories coming out. And, and um, but, but late last night, 
uh, it was reported that there's been a, a, a tentative agreement uh, to start the, the 2021 season. Um, but it's it's pending ratification, of course, from the NHLPA, who, who had a, a conference call late last night. And sometime over the weekend, or, or maybe it'll be pushed uh, to Monday, the uh, NHL Board of Governors will be uh, taking up this issue as well. As you said, uh, some of the highlights, 56-game season, um, that training camps would open on January 3rd. Those teams who weren't involved in the return to play last year would get together. Either the the um, the 30th or 31st, I've seen multiple reports on that. Uh, the teams would um, move around uh, via charter flights. They would stay in the same hotels. They would essentially be uh, quarantined to the hotels and the rink and that sort of thing. Um that uh, it well, it's still uncertain, but hopefully there will be a, a Canadian division that's uh, and that's that's certainly attractive to uh, many Canadian fans um, and uh, and and with a playoff format so that it would be the top four in each division would make the playoffs uh, and then uh, each division would produce a champion to go on to the the Stanley Cup semifinals. And so that would guarantee that, one of that group of seven uh, Canadian teams uh, would be in the in the semifinals uh, for the Stanley Cup, which is, of course, uh, exciting. Um, rosters would be expanded, as we've talked about uh, in previous weeks. Uh, a taxi squad made up of AHL players would be about four to six players. Uh, one of them is a mandatory third goalie, um, and players would have to go through waivers to get on and off this taxi squad. And while they're on the taxi squad, they would be paid their full NHL salary. Now comes the, the obstacle here. There's one remaining obstacle and it's big. Um, and that is getting agreement, um, from the, uh, public health officials in Canada from each of the five provinces and uh, those discussions have been going ongoing, and uh, it seems uh, from reports that uh, they've gone well with four jurisdictions, but one uh, is kind of a holdout. Uh, we can guess what which one that might be. Uh, we saw that right up until the last minute, Vancouver last time for the return to play, Vancouver was considered the uh, one of the leading candidates, and then the BC Health uh, folks uh, said no go, and it had to be moved to Edmonton. So. Perhaps it's it's uh, BC that's the the holdout here. But if uh, there isn't uh, uh, an agreement, again, that call's taking place today between the NHL and and all five jurisdictions. If there is an agreement, uh, then the NHL has said uh, it's a backup plan. They have no uh, interest in doing this. However, they may have to move all seven Canadian teams to the U.S. Uh, to to allow them to uh, to to travel, um, yeah. And of course, when that was announced um, by Chris Johnson, uh, I would say it was was panic on. on yeah. First, no Canadian division. Second, uh, no teams in Canada, and uh, and I'd, I'd say Twitter reacted pretty strongly to that. Yeah, and, and well. Quebec Premier Francois Legault says that the Quebec health restrictions will not be an obstacle for the Canadians. So 
yeah, it, you still you have to wonder if this is all going to work out. Darren Dreger tweeted today that the, the they're hopeful that it'll all work out and that they can have the Canadian divisions and have these teams play in Canada. But yeah, the logistics of it are are very difficult to navigate, and we've seen. The only other two major sports leagues that have Canadian franchises, the MLB with the Toronto Blue Jays and the NBA with the Toronto Raptors, both of those teams had to go south of the border to make it work. So if that's going to be what it takes, then it's an unfortunate thing because, as we said, very much looking forward to the idea of a Canadian division. And it would just be cool to see these teams play in their arenas, see a Bell Centre, even if it's even empty, a Bell Centre hear Diane Bebo play the organ like we did last week. All those things would be lovely. Um, but yeah, there there's logistics here. There's things that need to be uh, navigated that are not easy. So we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. And we it, should know sometime soon. And it depends. Well, we, we need to know because the, yeah. the clock is ticking. <laughs> the clock is and, ticking. And uh, if they're going to get uh, the quarantine period in, and uh, and a January third start to training camps. Uh, they got they got to get going. And and uh, but it's up to these individual uh, health jurisdictions. And and we see that uh, that accommodations are going to have to be made. We know right now uh, that the San Jose Sharks are not going to be able to to play at home uh, because of the California yeah. restrictions. They're going to have to go to Arizona. So. Uh, will the same thing have to happen for the for the the Canadian teams? We don't know. As you said, uh, Francois Legault, um, uh, the premier uh, in the province of Quebec, he he wants to make this happen. Um, he he talks about the um, entertainment. He's let me get the quote here. Um, to be quite honest, I think hockey is in, is the kind of entertainment that's very popular in Quebec. Saying thing that's uh, you know yeah. pretty, pretty obvious <laughs> there, um, but he he talks about the the kind of conversations that uh, his senior health advisor, Doctor uh, Richard Massé, and Doctor David Mulder, the Canadians' team doctor, they've been in constant contact and uh, have worked out the the uh, health protocols that would kind of take the, uh, the Bell Center and uh, uh, also incorporate Broussard, the Bell Sports Complex at Broussard, and, and have a bubble, an extended bubble, uh, for those two uh, uh, facilities. And um, so for the, for the Canadians and for Quebec, it seems to be straightforward, but it's, you know, they may be subject to, to one of these other jurisdictions uh, if it's if it's uh, BC, we don't know uh, that uh, may force um, a move to the states, or is this just a pressure tactic uh, uh, by the NHL to get this out in public so that the public, uh, you know, put some pressure on these? I, I don't know, but we've yeah. seen in the past that hasn't swayed. Uh, it certainly didn't sway the the uh, the BC Health Authority last time. So um, we'll see what happens this time. Yeah, that's all that we can do at this point in time. But we have to, as you said, the clock is ticking. So we're going to find out uh, probably pretty soon about all this and how it's going to look. There's still some questions that remain about this, how all it's, it's all going to work. But we do know that there's going to be a 56-game season. It's going to start on January 13th. And that is a lovely thing if you're a hockey fan to know that it's coming back. It's just around the corner. Um, but Rick, before we get even to that, there's something else that's just around the corner and it is the world junior hockey Mm. championships. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be joined by our friend and colleague, Mike Raschel, and we're going to discuss 
the World Junior Hockey Championships, Team Canada, and much more. Stay with us after a quick break. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, Rick, it truly is the most wonderful time. Of the year, and we always, I think there's a few times, I said this a couple weeks back, there's a few times of the year that I actually say this, but this is truly the most wonderful time of the year because the world juniors are just around the corner. Now I mean it. Yeah. Now I really mean it. The world juniors are just around the corner, and we are so thrilled to be joined by our friend and colleague, Mike Raschel. And we're going to discuss the World Juniors with Mike. Mike, how are you doing today? It's great to have you on. It's a pleasure to be back on. I almost want to have the Root song playing in the background here. What a preview. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we haven't had you on in a while, and we apologize for that. But uh, you've been a little busy. And um, maybe before we start here, uh, you're, you're our uh, junior hockey specialist, but uh, you also wear a couple of other hats, and one is being a dad, and, and uh, you had a pretty important life event recently that's kept you pretty busy. Yeah. I have been pretty busy, yeah. So we had uh, twins born, actually, at the, uh, the, end of, uh, the end of August. So it's uh, been a bit of a, bit of a transition to have three at the age of three while uh, also working at home and managing a dairy farm. So it's definitely <laughs> been busy. There hasn't been enough hours in the day, but we got a, a pretty good routine. I have a fantastic wife. Brandy does a great job of keeping everybody in line, including myself. So <laughs> we manage. Everyone's, everyone's good. Everyone's healthy. So we can't complain. That's great. 
That's fantastic. And and they're going to be, I, I assume they're going to be wearing some uh, Team Canada gear uh, heading into the World Juniors. Some two new Canadians going to get to uh, get to watch the World Juniors. And that's always a, uh, a great thing. Uh, so, Mike, you're going to have an article coming out very soon about the World Juniors, about Team Canada. And I just want to, before we get into any specific questions, what is your overview of Team Canada heading into this tournament? Yeah, so basically the article is more my uh, more my reactions to to the team being announced uh, than anything else. Uh, when it comes to an actual uh, preview, it's, what's fascinating to me is just how strong team is, and it's not only the fact that you know 12, 13 of the forwards on the team are all first round picks. It's it's more that this team wouldn't be that different if this was a normal year where the NHL was already playing. I think there's only maybe two forwards, maybe three forwards on this team that wouldn't be in the World Juniors. So I, I find that fascinating, and that's why I wanted to do a, a little piece on it. Well, yeah, and, and certainly with the amount, and, and when this when the selection camp roster was announced, Rick, me and you were marveling at the talent that was oh, yeah. there on the forward ranks and in the defensive ranks as well. So, Mike... When you look at this team, uh, two questions. Who do you expect to lead the way for Team Canada? And also, every year with these with this tournament, you have these sort of under-the-radar players. It might be a little bit difficult on a team that is stacked as this one is, specifically with the forwards. Uh, but when you look at this, are there any guys that you look at as being perhaps an under-the-radar guy that could have a huge tournament for Team Canada? hard to be under the radar when everybody, literally everybody is first round pick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The forward, I'll start with the forwards. It's, uh, the, the balance on this team is it's unbelievable. Like, I think it might be the deepest forward core they've had since Crosby and Bergeron's group in 03. But yeah. uh, guys, I would I would feel that would, step, that would uh, step up would be Byfield. I think he's at a point in his very, very young amateur career where, you know, he's already had that, that one season under his belt. He was just taken, you know, second overall. One season has been one world junior. He was just taken second overall. I think he's, he's ready for that next step. He's, it's kind of a, it's almost a test for him, timing-wise, before he steps into the LA Kings camp. But then having said that, you look at the most recent lines that they have on the fourth line. So if you look at the balance on this team, any one of their four lines could be the first line. It's, I really hope they... They go in that direction and draw all four lines. That could be fantastic to see versus what had been what had happened in the past, just last year with with Byfield's line. I think he was getting you know maybe five to ten minutes a game. So it'd be nice to see them actually roll all four lines and utilize all twelve of those forwards. Because yeah, it's incredible balance. So I think he would be one that's a little under the radar that could step up. And then I could definitely see Kirby Dock and Dylan Cousins just dominating this tournament. I think those are the two players that are the most NHL ready, with Dock obviously already having played games for the Blackhawks and he was close to a point of game player, if I remember correctly, in the playoffs for them. So I think those two are, are ready, to, ready to just dominate this tournament. And then if you look at the defense, um, Bowen Byram is one, again, that's probably the most NHL ready. And being paired with uh, Drysdale is what it looks like is going to happen. What's happening in camp so far, anyways? I think they get balance off each other very nicely. So um, Canada uh, comes into this tournament as defending champs. They won gold in, in the Czech Republic last year. They're in Pool A with Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, and Germany. Uh, 
various, uh, you know, everybody's praising uh, the the uh, talent on this roster. Craig Button has even gone so far as to say Canada won't lose a game. Um, but this is going to be in an unusual tournament, and and uh, in in the. You know, pandemic is is hovering over uh, everything here. Who do you think is going to be the, the the which opponent is going to present the biggest challenge for Canada at this tournament? So I don't think they're going to have a big challenge in the group stage, and I think that's going to be one of their hardest challenges if you put it all together because there may be a couple of blowouts if you look at the roster of the teams that are in their group. The their biggest competition is once they get out of that. Once they get to the, uh, the elimination phase, um, the goaltending on the other side, I think every one of those teams in the other group has better goaltending than Canada does. And that's not something yeah. new to our country, unfortunately. We've had a lot of years where we don't know who the starter is going in and the guy that was second, sometimes he's the guy that was in you know, that third spot, steps up and takes over the tournament and they still compete. So the roster is still strong enough to overcome that, but I think they're going to have the biggest competition against the U.S., against Knight, and against um, Askarov as well, uh, the Russian team. Yeah, and, and you just touched on what my primary concern is uh, heading into this tournament uh, for Team Canada, and that is that they just, when you look at these three goaltenders that they have, Taylor Gauthier, uh, Devin Levi, Dylan Garand, um, they're, they're not household names. And when you look back at the last three years for Team Canada, you had Carter Hart in 2018. You had uh, Mikey DiPietro, who played phenomenally in 2019. Unfortunately, the team sort of, uh, they let him down a little bit. Uh, and then last year, Joel Hofer, after after Nico Dawes sort of dropped the ball a little bit, Joel Hofer picked it up and was fantastic uh, for Team Canada. So you've had three straight years of solid goaltending, and we know how important it is in junior hockey, and oftentimes it'll be the hot hand that guides a team to the gold medal. When you look at the goaltenders, the three that I just named for Team Canada, who among them stands out to you as the guy that you think has the best shot to be the hot hand for Team Canada? For sure. So it is the biggest weakness heading into the tournament. There's no doubt about that. Um, But having said that, you mentioned there's no household names. Not, Not to us, not to us fans or possibly even to the scouts. But for Hockey Canada, Taylor Gauthier is a household name to them. He's been part of the yeah. uh, program of excellence. He was 60 years old. He was their starter at the U18 Helenka team. This is this is a player they know well. Um, so for those for those that aren't familiar with Gauthier, he, he plays for uh, a fairly poor Prince George team, Prince George Cougars team that you know is just in towards the end of the re- rebuilding phase. Phase you hope, but it's, it's been a couple of years. But individually, mm-hmm. he performed well. Put up a 917 last year, 293 goals against. So those don't jump off the page. But when you look at the fact it took 50 outings just to get 16 wins, it's, it's pretty incredible. So my concern with Gauthier, though, would be his style. So it, it's been compared to Dominic Hoshek, which they make sort of <laughs> show. Is that a style? But it's erratic. <laughs> it's, it's unconventional. It, it's worked for him so far. But then again, this is the highest stage he'll have ever played at. So. So, so time will tell. Um, he has gone undrafted. Probably, I would imagine, because of that style a little bit, it'd be, be a little little difficult to, to spout and to, uh, to predict uh, potential out of. But uh, yeah, most recently, he's ranked 19th in the final uh, central starting ranks for those goalies. So 
he's probably the front runner for me. But yeah, like you said, these are definitely the biggest weakness. And to us, they're definitely not the household names. But they've been proven wrong in the past. It's a very strong team, like I said, up front. And even on D, I think those two things should carry. Goaltending that may not be great, but you know, we've been surprised before. And Taylor definitely has the potential to do that. And I mean, we all know what Dominic Koshik did. So if there's more <laughs> than just a thousand. If he has any part of that in him, it should be a pretty decent career for him, let alone decent tournament. So it's Canada, and it's Team Canada. So we know not only talk about all the talent that's on the team, but but we tend to talk about the players who are not on the team, the ones who were not uh, selected or who, who were cut from the, from the team or uh, aren't there for other uh, reasons. Uh, and in Quebec, uh, it's, um, you know, we, we always talk about the number of Quebecers who are not on the team. Um, this year, it, it, that kind of centered around Henrik Slapierre and, and uh, not that... You know, yeah, he he simply got outplayed, and 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 there probably wasn't a role for him there. Uh, Maverick Bork um, was kind of up and down, a little inconsistent in in the, the scrimmage games. Uh, but the two players I want to talk about, um, let me talk. Let me ask you about Shane Wright first. Um, this guy is a is a phenom. Got an exception uh, to go into the the OHL at fifteen with. Uh, 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 the Frontenacs. Um, he was uh, named uh, CHL Rookie of the Year, uh, 66 points in 58 games. And um, he had the goal of becoming the, the fourth 16-year-old uh, to play for Team Can at the World Juniors. Um, and and uh, the, the others were Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, and Connor McDavid. So pretty special group. Uh, now he was he was uh, one of the cuts and and um, how did you feel about that? Was one of the cuts and I honestly think it might be one of the best things for him. So an exceptional talent, you know, he's projected to go first overall not only this coming year but in two years from now. So this is you know a two-time underager heading into this camp, and as you said, there's only two other players. In history, that have have made uh, in Canada being uh, being at that stage, um, he didn't have a standout um, camp, and I think he needed to. The only way he was going to crack up for a group was not only how skilled they are, but how veteran they are too. As I said, with every one of them being the first round pick, um, he would have really had to stand out, and he, he didn't, unfortunately. But that's all part of his uh, all part of his development, and he's gonna he's gonna come back uh, gonna come back stronger, and he's he's gonna dominate this tournament, whether it's next year, whether it's in two years. It's only a matter of time. The way the way he developed in uh, in Kingston, the steps he took in the second half, he really turned, I don't want to say he turned his game around, but the, when it comes to the steps he took, he, he turned into a leader, which is incredible at the age of 16. He didn't, uh, he no longer you know, was just asking for the puck to go. He was driving his line. He was looking for his, not only looking for his teammates, but he was looking for space for his teammates. The way he was distributing the puck was was incredible to see at that age. So I think being cut might actually be one of the better things for his development and could actually help Team Canada in the next year or two because it should uh, should motivate him even more. I imagine it's something he's never gone through in his life. I doubt he's ever been cut from a hockey team. So I think it, I think it will be uh, very encouraging for him and. His comments sure sure make it sound like it so far. He's taken taken the high road on it and understands the process. Yeah, he he um, he said that uh, getting cut sucked, 
um, but <laughs> that he was going to use it as as motivation. And and listen, he's when you realize he's he's one of the top prospects for the 2022 draft. He still has plenty of time um, to to join Team Canada and to make his mark. But as you said, he's already with Kingston. He's he's wearing a letter. Um, and, uh, he's, he's physically mature, six foot 185, uh, but emotionally mature as well as a 16 year old and, and, uh, uh, just phenomenal, uh, phenomenal at that age. And, and he's going to have his, as you say, his chance to dominate. The other one is, uh, is an unusual story. And, and this tournament is, is, uh, filled with, um, draft eligible players, draft eligible players, uh, for 2021, and one of the guys at the top of most uh, ranking sheets is Owen Power. Um, and why wouldn't he be? Um, he's he's been compared favorably to Hedman, six five, two fifteen defenseman, uh, plays in the NCAA for the University of Michigan, and uh, you know would have been. Uh, the, the Canadians have uh, Team Canada has uh, a pretty strong blue line already, but uh, you'd expect he would have uh, been able to contribute there as well. But the story was that uh, Coach Mel Pearson um, at Michigan said uh, he was going to miss too much of his uh, academics, and uh, so didn't give him permission uh, to to join the evaluation camp. So I'd never want to discourage anybody from uh, focusing on an education and focusing on schooling. I think that's of the utmost importance. And I think it's a lot of time forgotten about when it comes not only to CHL, but other junior leagues. The focus a lot of the time is I need to become a pro. I need to get better at this and this. And the schooling is kind of on the back burner. And so many stories I never get told of players that regret that later on when they don't get that pro contract and then have to backtrack and Everybody else that they know has kind of moved on in their steps because they weren't focusing 100% on hockey. So, but long story short, it, it, I never want to discourage schooling, but in this case, I don't think it's the truth. So, right. they, their biggest uh, message around this was that he had midterms coming up. He needed to prepare for that. That's fine. But he also played 10 games for the Wolverines in a little less than three weeks. That's almost a game every other day. There is no way he could have been less prepared going to a Team Canada camp where he's playing no official games, was, you know, practicing every day for a couple hours, doing some team building for a couple hours. Other than that, he would have been in a hotel room. Distant learning nowadays is the new norm. I mean, this it shouldn't be new to the University of Michigan. It's this school of, of that size and magnitude to, to not be able to have those options. And in addition to that, he's not an NBA here. He's not in the fourth, fifth, sixth year where you need to be in the classroom every single day. He's likely taking first-year classes, which, again, are tough. You do need to study for them. But classes that you should be able to do through this and learning through, through online avenues. So, so I, I personally think it's a bit of an excuse and, and a poor one of that, having having meet him for, for close to 10 games. But uh, kudos to the player for um, not – I'm sure he is going to regret this. He may already, and it's just not speaking up about it. But he's saying all the right things. He's backing his coach. He's backing his, his university and his, uh, I guess, not really an agent yet, but technically his agent. I mean, it's good to the player for still, uh, for still backing the story, but I just think it's something he's going to regret. 
Well, listen, uh, for those that don't know, uh, my career has been in academic administration and, and certainly support education and, and uh, um, university education. But, um, you know, as I said to you before the show, uh, remote learning is the primary delivery vehicle for post-secondary education these days. And, and uh, so this, this decision was bizarre. He certainly could have kept up with his, his education uh, uh, remotely uh, while he attended uh, the Team Canada camp, particularly given how it all played out uh, with uh, their, uh, their COVID issues. Um, so this, this, for me, this was a big opportunity lost and, and, um, it's, it's probably not going to change his, his draft ranking, uh, but the experience, the experience of going through the, becoming more mentally tough and, and experiencing, uh, you know, best on best competition. There's not many opportunities to do that. And, um, and, and as you said, there's, there's no guarantee that he's going to, uh, put on the, the the Team Canada jersey again. So uh, missing out on that over that opportunity, um, and uh, because he was going to miss a handful of intra site classes, is just silly to me. <laughs> even as an academic administrator, uh, but but you know that's that's our own opinion. Listen, Mike, this is this is great. Yeah, it's uh, it's been Thank fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fantastic catching up with you and of course as i said we wanted to have this conversation because the world juniors are coming up but just to escape to something that is normal and that is that the world juniors take place every year around this time and we can dive into these conversations about who's on the team and as rick said more often than not the conversation is dominated by who's not on the team, especially if uh, Canada doesn't end up with that gold medal. But uh, Mike, thank you for joining us here today, and we'll have to do this again soon. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Keep uh, keep doing what you're doing. I really really enjoy the show, and I know you're not having the segment uh, this week, but the um, what Dave said segment just fantastic. <laughs> it has Dave probably a good two hours a week because I'm no longer going on the Canadian website. Yeah. And looking up that conference <laughs> and going through what, for the most part, are filler questions that have absolutely nothing to do with the main topic. You guys are able to pick apart those press conferences, give me exactly the information that I need. It's, it's fantastic, and I'm sure, sure many, many others appreciate it as well. Yeah, like I said, saving me a bunch of time. And, uh, that's, that's what I need at this moment. <laughs> oh, we appreciate that. Absolutely. That's what we aim to do. We aim to inform, engage, and entertain and make it as easy for you to find out uh, the information that you want. So uh, we are going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll wrap it up after this. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. 
Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 115 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And Rick, we want to take this time to thank our friend, our colleague, Mike Rashel, oh, yeah. once again for joining us to discuss some World Juniors. It felt good to just talk great. about the World Juniors. And for Mike sure. is incredibly knowledgeable. And if you want to follow Mike on Twitter, at Mike Habs 09. That is at Mike Habs 09 on Twitter. And that article, you can expect it to drop before the World Junior Tournament, of course. It is a preview, an overview of the tournament, and uh, you will expect to uh, to see that early, early next week. And that'll be great. Some great reading uh, from our friend and our colleague, Mike. Um, so, Rick, uh, for last week, on, on last week's show, we had the Christmas concert, the Habs Christmas concert portion of the first segment where we got to hear Diane Bebo play the organ, which is a lovely thing to hear. Uh, and we had the players' messages, the holiday messages. Uh, one that we did not play last week, we're going to play this week, is from the owner of the Montreal Canadiens, oh, yeah. Jeff Molson. Hello, everyone. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the concert. I know that it's not exactly uh, the ideal concert during these times, but it certainly was a pleasure to celebrate them with you virtually. Um, I'd also like to take advantage of the situation to thank you all for your loyalty and your passion for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you guys are by far the best hockey fans in the world. And also want to wish you all a very happy holiday um, and uh, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. And I look forward to seeing you in the new season. Go Habs, go. Go Habs, go. Don't go forget Habs, about go. that part. Yeah. No. Nice message there from the owner. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, it's uh, it's going to be good to see the Montreal Canadiens back out on the ice. And I'm sure the owner, Jeff Molson, after the playoff success in the bubble in Toronto, very excited to have his team play uh, in the new year. But uh, Rick... We'll also take this opportunity to say, I mean, we are, this is, we're, we're recording as of right now, it's December 19th, and we're just, we're less than a week away from Christmas, and we've been talking about the World Juniors being right around the corner, in that there's also 
Christmas. Like we're, we're right there. It's the, the, the 19th of December right now. And it's, as I said, off the top, it's wild to me that we're at this point. Uh, but we are, and it's, uh, it's going to be a very different holiday season, a very different Christmas period. Um, and, uh, we just wanted to share some Christmas messages before, uh, next week, uh, when we're, we will be back next week. Um, come in with a, a new episode for next week, but that will be after Christmas. We wanted to just share some Christmas messages. So Rick, why don't you, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, we'll be back off. on Boxing Day. Yeah. While you're while you're doing your Boxing yeah. Day shopping, you're going to want to <laughs> dial into uh, the Canadians Connection podcast next week. Um, listen, I, I think that uh, Jeff Molson said that uh, it was a different kind of conversation uh, Christmas concerts uh, that they yeah. put on, not the one that they would have preferred. And, and uh, that goes for all of us. But I think it, it kind of uh, helps uh, us to be appreciative of, of, of what we have. And we're certainly appreciative of our audience. We're appreciative of the, the you know, yourself, Joe, and, and the rest of the Rocket Sports team. I'm very appreciative. Um, I, 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 it's, it's something that uh, we talk about... Um, is uh, the Canadians connection? We like to make connections, and and we build that 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 uh, you know we we um, have credentials, and I should say we're we're lucky to have credentials for the uh, IIHF World uh, Junior Championships. We grateful to the IIHF for providing us credentials, so we can connect uh, with those players and coaches and and officials for you, and we do that. Uh, with the NHL, with the Canadians organization, um, but but we also have a connection with you. We have a connection with our community, with our our subscribers, with with our listeners, with our visitors to our website, uh, with those that that text us, with that that those that email us, those who who nab us on on social media. We have connections, and and um, we we've been doing this for a dozen years, and and uh, it, it was. You know, um, I, I look back and 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 say that our, our mission uh, was uh, was was to go out and 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 create this hockey community and 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 we've we've kind of done that. Um, you know, you're all over the world, um, and and you have, as Jeff Molson said, loyalty and passion for hockey for the Canadians. And you also have it for uh, the kind of product that we put out there, the kind of content that that we put out, and um, and so you know I've been thrilled to meet you, whether it's been at the draft, whether it's been at games, whether it's been um, you know in a press box, when it's our our watch parties that we used to have, and um, you're you're great people, uh, and we're very grateful to connect with you. Um, we're we set out to be to create this community of hockey fans that was informed, engaged, and connected, and uh, we're happy to connect with you every every single week, um, virtually, uh, but in our own little way, we've uh, we've managed to build this group together. And and it you know what's gratifying is when I see you guys out there. Uh, we know that that you interacted through us, but you've met people, you've met other Canadians fans through us, and we mm-hmm. see you uh, connecting and talking with with them as well. And and uh, we're just at a time like this when um, it's all about Christmas, it's all about family, it's all about friendship, it's all about love. 
um, that we're, we just want to express to you our gratitude for being with us every single week uh, and, and communicating with us and telling us when we're right and telling us when you disagree. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. uh, we, we certainly enjoy getting into that conversation with you. And Rick, if I might, I might say that uh, to turn the gratitude back towards you, because uh, this has been a year unlike any other, and we've been coming every week, every week that we can with these podcasts. I missed a couple in the summer, but you and Chris were still here, and it's fantastic, and we know how important it is in the year 2020. Leadership, it really does matter, and, and you have been a fantastic leader guiding us through all of this, and I just wanted to say that. Uh, you know, you said he gra- gracious, uh, gra- uh, you have uh, great gratitude towards all of the Rocket Sports team. And I just want to be, if I can, if I can, I don't want to be the guy to speak for everybody because God knows I'm not good at that. But <laughs> if I can say that we're very, uh, very, very happy that you have been the one that has guided us through this uh, very bizarre year. But uh, we're here. We're at the at the tail end of what has been uh, a very bizarre year. And. We're very happy that we have the listeners, the subscribers, and everyone that interacts with us in any way, shape, or form. So we're looking forward to having that again in 2021 and hopefully having it in a, in a more normal period. Uh, if if yeah. we can get back towards anything resembling what our world was before, being able to interact with each other in person, that would be great. But we're at the tail end of what's been a very difficult year for so, so many people so just, you know, it, it's, it's very important that we, that we stay safe and, and, and stay on top of this and, and get through it uh, together. And, and maybe the best way is by, unfortunately, not being together in person, but you still have that love and we still have the capabilities in 2020 just to spread that through social media, through whatever Zoom, whatever it might be, you know. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get through it. But, uh, Rick, it's, it's, it's great that we have... The ability to do this every week, to reach out to the people that we want to inform, engage and entertain, and they can reach back out to us with emails, with social media. It's it's fantastic. So, Rick, we'll, we'll be back again next week and we'll have more to discuss next week. Uh, but for now, yeah, sharing those messages uh, of gratitude um, and it's something that maybe isn't done as much as it should be (laughs) letting people know that you, you appreciate them. So Rick, uh, we'll say goodbye for another week and a Merry Christmas and a happy holidays. And we'll be right back with you next week, discussing all things, Montreal Canadians, all things, uh, all things, hockey, everything that we, everything that you've come accustomed to. They said, what will be, we'll be back next week. (laughs) Everything you've become accustomed to, we'll be back and we'll be discussing all of it. So thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.